we are. We are sitting down again. We already have alcohol. We, uh, and we're here for Ghostbusters. Amen to that. Ghostbusters 2016. And that is... Yeah, we're, we're improving things. Yeah, hey, we're getting there. We are just... We keep adding. That's that's part of the, the goal. So, last episode, we kind of touched upon exactly what we would be doing this episode. And you and I both spent a bunch of time kind of, you know, going over facts. Right. About the movie, all mm-hmm. the movies. Little things. But this is mostly a 2016 Ghostbusters focus. Uh, it's But it's difficult to discuss this without... Um, the like twenty five years of planned Ghostbusters, planned Ghostbusters reboots, uh, go-alongs, yeah. and what some of the the studio, how the studio functioned, in, in a lot of that, how the talent functioned, in a lot of that. Talking and, to you, Bill. Yeah, <laughs> and so essentially, I never, I have not seen twenty sixteen, the Ghostbusters twenty sixteen until tonight. I had seen it one time prior. I bought the steel book. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Uh, and you're also one steel book down, right? You just need steel book Ghostbusters too. No, no, no. I have all three. Mm. I had the the first two already. The, you you, the, the pop you got art. me the one. Yep, yep. Yeah, the, the Best Buy exclusives. Yeah, the 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 pop art number two was is just awesome. Oh, I love all three of them. Yeah, the, that if that one didn't come with art from the same guy that did the first two yeah. that I already owned, I probably wouldn't have yeah. bought. Ghostbusters, uh, yeah. which to me would have been a shame. So, so real quick, what's what's the most addicting thing about Steelbox? Like, why have they caught on? Just the collectability, I guess. The that, the hardcore DVD pursuer, yeah. if you will. So, is is it because most Steelbox are retail exclusive? Right, like there there's no wide release retail box. Very rarely, right. So like did, uh, Immortal was one. That okay. one had an initial run. Now it's just regular. Yeah. That's, so essentially you have to hunt them down. You have to know what Best Buy has, what Walmart right. has. What, Target. Yeah. And Walmart really doesn't get them. It's mainly Target, Best Buy, and then if you go to obscure mm-hmm. places, like I got my Demon Steelbook. It was one of 3,000 that this one oh. website was making Oh, because okay. they had the right yeah. to, And I only bought that for the art. I never saw the movie, but yeah. the... the Art for that surpassed the regular Blu-ray so much. I was like, I have to have this for the art. And the movie turned out to be one yeah. of the best movies I watched yeah, this Demon's, year. Demon's awesome. Right. Yeah. The movie thing. Oh, Real, dude, I loved it. I never saw it before. Real quick. Have you seen The Witch? No, I haven't yet. Okay. I'm probably watch. I might watch that tonight while I'm doing some work. Even though I, I kind of just want to sit down and, and focus on it. Mm-hmm. Because... I just got like a run of a couple YouTubers and a couple of the reviews I dug up that people were like are really into that movie. Right. And my one friend's into it. He told me I had to check it out. I yeah. just haven't got a chance to, to do it yet. So I'm probably doing that soon. Um, but getting back to the steel box. So like they do have a collectability factor. Right. You know, I always liked their form factor. You know, what? I always felt like they felt good in your hand. Like and and so many DVDs, even like Criterion, mm-hmm. like they they just they're in regular cases. They they felt chintzy, right? But the steel book actually feels good in your hand. The and thing that kicks, uh kills me, kills me. 
movie stop, every now and again we get Iron Man, the first steel oh, book in. Yeah. Every now and again, the red the that, red outline that's tough, one. Right? That's the hard Dude, one. Dude, I saw that on it was Amazon or eBay like two or three weeks ago. It was like a three hundred dollar steel book. What? And I kicked myself because before Movie Stop went under, yeah, like it was like fifteen bucks, and with my used movie discount, yeah, I, uh, like oh, so, yeah. well, you know what, you know what it is? You have to always consider that what's available to you mm-hmm. is not always available to others, right? Well, when you go on eBay right now, the Incredible Hulk Steelbook, the the comic booky pop already one, yeah. The that one's like Ang twenty Lee. bucks. No, no, no. The Edward uh, Norton. The, Nor- they okay. both got the, steel books. The, the Ang Marvel Lee's U. is actually higher mm-hmm. because it's older. But Edward Norton's with shipping's like twenty twenty three. I, I, I am I on the outskirts if I say I like both of those movies. I don't hate the first one. I like what they did with the. He's absorbing man, right? His dad and that. His father is essentially absorbing man. Right. They essentially did the Peter David father, the the origin to how Peter David. Uh, Peter David is like the guy that nuanced the Hulk. Okay. Okay. He nuanced the Hulk uh, mostly mid eighties, like all the way through through the nineties. Had an incredible run, and and built the psychology of Bruce Banner up to where, like the Hulk would be coming. Like you know, like what what would create the Hulk inside Bruce Banner? And right. It was really, just really like broken relationship, like punishing relationship he had with his father. And I, I just thought the Ang Lee movie kind of like nailed that. With all the flaws that movie has, I will say I love the way that the movie transitions yes. with comic book panels. Yeah. For all the comic book movies, I don't see why they don't do that more often. Yeah, like make it feel like what it is. You're reading yeah. fucking comic book. Uh, you know, I th- for those of you that are listening for Ghostbusters 2016, I promise we're going to get there. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, I think we just we uh, we like to discuss everything. And you know what? Let, let's just use that as a as as a segue. Right. We'll come back to. We'll we will eventually maybe do yes. a Hulk Ang Lee versus Hulk MCU episode. Yeah, I'm not, maybe. I'm not sure if that's much of a Half competition. A, a segment. Because I think like what what you were saying before. I think the the transitions for the Ang Lee Hulk right. was the time you saw that, meaning that. It was very expensive. Like they, it looks cheap, but it's actually not. It's really, like every single one of those transitions is essentially a special effects sequence. Okay, because you have to like clip out areas and have like something isolated, and you move it in back. Like you know, like and that's like frame by frame type stuff. So they're very expensive. Like I remember there was one with like bushes. Like when he was a kid. And mm-hmm. there's like this spiky bush in the de- desert, and it just transitioned like away from the bush. And I'm just like, holy crap, dude, that took a lot of work. And it's almost like you you kind of saw it done. You like you you saw it done on a a high level, right? And it's almost like, uh, like do we need to see it again? Can we put our money towards something else? Mm-hmm. Okay, and but okay, so let let's just get into it. So in in July 2016. Right. We got Ghostbusters. Okay. And yeah, give me that. Sorry. Trading papers real quick. Um, so we're just going to essentially kind of run through what, what led up to that real quick. Okay. Right. Now, I, I do want to say uh, even now. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have not heard like, and this is we're we're doing this beside 
the the YouTube conversations and these conversations about the movie being like an activist type movie, right? Being a left wing democratic movie, um, because you know Hollywood does lean left. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- well, so, they all love their pot. Leave them alone. Yeah, and essentially, I so I never saw the movie up until right now. Right. I I literally no joking. Just stop watching the movie ten minutes ago. Yep. Okay. You watch. It's replaying now on mute. Yeah, we have it on mute. Uh, just as like a reminder. So, ghost. One 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 of these things I think a lot of people miss when they were breaking down Ghostbusters is that if you go through the production, everything that led into twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Bill, it's essentially a Bill Murray franchise. Pretty much, yeah. The franchise would. Did, did not want to move forward without him. Right. Could not move forward without him. Okay. And during this time, you know, like leading up to 2010, 2012, uh, he grew into a little bit of a, of a, of a cult status. He grew into a, a favorite of millennials. It all started with Zombieland. Yeah. It's like Zombieland kind of like solidified that. I, right. I, I do agree. I think it kind of did start with, um, his Wes Anderson movies, right? Okay, and and Wes, and I think the two of them somehow paired together in these like like Rushmore, mm-hmm. like in these like lawyer tone type roles, where it was essentially Bill Murray being Bill Murray in the Wes Anderson universe, and somehow that worked. It worked very well. Okay, so gotta fix my yeah. notes. <laughs> So, um, so a lot of this uh, during the Ghostbusters three development, Sony refused to move forward if Bill Murray was not involved. Right. Okay. So if we go back to 1989, uh, I'm sure you're aware that there was a script called Ghostbusters Hellbent. That one I'm not aware of. Okay. So Hellbent uh, wrote out Murray's character. Okay. Yeah, he, this one I don't know. Because he essentially was like, no. Right. Okay. After and, two, he just kind of had a bad taste in the yeah, map, and, right? And Hack, Hack, Hack Roy Ramos, um, were like, well, we, we have to get him out. Right. Okay. So they wrote him out. That became Ghostbusters Go, go to Hell. Okay. Ghostbusters in Hell. Right. With Ben Stiller as the stand in for Bill Murray. Okay, that I didn't know. Yeah, so I'm not 100% if Ben Stiller was a new character or if he was. I feel like I heard rumor that that pretty much uh, Oscar was going to take over that role. Okay. Of like a grown, like an older Sigourney Weaver's kid from two. Okay. (laughs) Oh, so at this point, we're already at 2009. Okay. The Ghostbusters in Hell dissolved away when uh, Bill Murray was just like still, believe it or not, still not interested. They wanted to bring him back as a ghost at that point. Right. Ghostbusters in Hell, which I think would have been genius, would have been one of those right decisions Mm -hmm. that you take from going through that type of development. Right. He still wanted nothing to do with it. So we jump forward to 2009 and we have this Ghostbusters video game. I played that, and I love it. Okay. So the video game essentially sold one, you know, around 1 million units. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of money. Right. Okay. And that at that point, they went from 2009 video game success mm-hmm. 
the the game had everyone involved. Right. Okay. Yep. With the writing, with the voice acting, mm-hmm. uh, they already went on record of saying this is essentially Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters three. three. Yeah. Yep. And I, I didn't say this leading into this. I am paraphrasing what I pulled from Wikipedia. Right. And we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. Just to clarify, uh, we're going with what was on Wikipedia because it was a. It, I thought it was a good balance of what I already knew, and it had some tidbits of of little things i did not know and you know we're, we're just trying to to give the broad strokes right of what was happening okay so 2010 they were going to film the new movie right video game t- sells a million a year later they wanted to film a year later 2011 they're releasing it that video game by the way total wraparound the only person who didn't uh, people that didn't come back were um the mayor, yeah, and uh, Rick Moranis because uh, yeah. he was just yeah, like like Rick, Rick, but like Peck ends up being the main bad guy, mm. the the dickhead from the first one. Mm-hmm. It like totally goes full yeah, circle. That's, like that's, it's yeah, I think they even bring Zool back for like Stay Puff pops up. It's a great game. Like right. and I, I love it. When I want to watch the third Ghostbusters, I play through the game again. That's where you go. It's got the playability. Yeah. I, it's, I've been meaning to watch the cinematics on YouTube. Okay. YouTube has the, the cinematics. So you know, maybe maybe we'll just do a straight up review of the um the the cinematic version of the video game and add that to this. Okay. So all right. So twenty eleven rolls around, nothing happens. Right. Twenty ten, no filming. Right. Um. Uh, so at this point. Dane Aykroyd, Ivan Reitman, they it's it's speculated that they have a clause with Sony that they have sign off on what happens with the franchise. Right. Okay. They have some type of ownership with the studio of the franchise. So, as you can imagine, okay, uh, my it's 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 my assumption that this is really what prevented the movie from doing what it had to do. Okay, this prevented also Ghostbusters of not responding to trends that were happening mm-hmm. that would have streamlined it. Right. Okay, this is also, I feel like, what led to 2016 feeling a little late for this type of reboot because we're in this flood of reboots and, and updates right now. Right. Okay, and Ghostbusters definitely was on everyone's radar to, to come back. Right. I really do feel like this clause is what was preventing it from coming back. Now, these people are aging. They're losing a step. Their humor is not quite there. So they were never cranking out stuff that the studio was like, let's put money into that. I think that's a little bit of the X factor. Now, I think that's revealed when, um, you know, Ivan Reichman dies. Harold Ramis. Oh, I mean, Harold. I'm sorry. When, when Harold Ramis dies. Yes. Because he... Like, I'm not sure if he was really involved with some of those decisions. I feel like he I feel like he and Dan Aykroyd owned it because it was always them battling Bill Murray. Exactly. Like, you always heard Ramis and Aykroyd versus Murray, and you never really heard Hudson, so I always assumed that, like, the property was theirs along with yeah. Reitman's. So, uh, yeah, I, I do agree with that. So, I believe with his death that 
it somehow like broke that agreement right or it dissolved and maybe maybe just on like a um well i feel like the studio realized they were never going to get the original four together again so if we get bill or not well i think i think essentially some of it too is like the studio is a studio right the studio just wants to stay in business and make money right it doesn't really care who's in the movie exactly just cares it makes a good good enough product me you know like it just wants a good enough product right okay um, because you know, making movies is still a crapshoot. You can't guarantee you're going to make a good movie. Exactly. Like, um, there's a lot of factors. So in 2010 and 2012, script, 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 script. Everyone's working on it. That essentially killed the momentum. Right. The scripts were so bad. Psh, studio wanted nothing to do with it. Okay. So Dane Aykroyd went on a PR blitz to defend these scripts and to defend where the project was. Right. This is a lot of where, like, confusion and disinformation came from. No one really knows how, like, involved Aykroyd was. But he said things like, it's going to become an animated movie. It's going Which to- is apparently still in the works. Apparently, yeah. I think well, that's I- what the Ghost Corp logo in the front yeah. is. Well. When the movie opens. So, quick side note. So Sony committed a huge chunk of like office space. I think they committed a building or a few floors of a building that were the Ghost Corps and they were the Ghostbuster offices. Okay. Okay, because they viewed 20, the 2016 movie as a ground zero for like true franchise, like Harry Potter level franchise. Right. Stuff, okay, Harry Potter, Marvel U, Star Wars, DCU, you get the picture, mm-hmm. right? So... When when 2016 came in below expectations, and now I'm not saying like audience, I'm just saying studio. Right. Like the studio has a bottom line. Uh, it, they shut down their offices. Like people just lost jobs. Okay. So 20 <laughs> the Ghostbusters 2016 created as many jobs as it lost. Um, but they're I'm pretty sure they're still anim- very animated. On moving the franchise forward, though. Well, uh, I, actually, the other day, Ivan Reitman just came out and said Sony has quite a few in the works, but I can't say anything about anything. Yeah. So that could be the animated. It could be the guy spinoff. It could be a sequel to the yeah. girl spinoff, a reboot to the girl spinoff. God only knows. Yeah. So, again, uh, going back, uh, Bill Murray's lack of interest um, did not, like... It didn't help. It, it, yeah, it's it was. That's why it took years to explore like new ideas without him. Right. Okay. So uh, we go to 2014. How how old Ramis dies? Um, Ivan Reichman left the, the director's chair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the scriptwriter of Tropic Thunder at that point became involved with the script. Right. Okay. Which is also another Ben Stiller reference. Right, like Ben Stiller is somehow still connected to the Ghostbusters movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, this seemed to free up the proper uh, property, so possibly this development. I'm gonna grab a brew. You want one? Uh, yeah, yeah. Give me another one. Yeah, you go. I'm just going to go through some of this. Okay, and Norm's going to be leaving, but he'll be listening. So are you? So, so possibly with Ivan Reitman's death. There was a Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. I'm sorry, I keep keep messing up here. You're gonna start an internet room. Yeah. <laughs> um, this seemed to free up the franchise, uh, and everyone agreed 
to let the franchise move forward. So if we jump to the while the movie was in production and being released, um, you know, we, we go to our director, Paul Figgis, who also has a Funko Pop. Really? Were, were you aware of that? No. Paul the Figgis, director has a Funko Pop. Paul Figgis has a Funko Pop value between 90 to $300. It was sold on the Funko website. Well, okay. I would limited, just like to say. Limited to $300. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. that's going to go way mm-hmm. up there. Okay, so the studio at this point, the studio had a agreement you know, like a contract with Paul. I love that snap. Um, this woman's name is Amy Pasqua. Okay? okay, right. She was a par Sunni. She had a relationship working with Paul. She goes to Paul. She goes, Paul, would you like to do Ghostbusters? He goes, fuck no. Right, no. right. No. Not, and she's like, what? Why? Why, why does everyone keep telling me no? And... Yeah, like as the story goes, Paul was very vocal, clear, and concise on why he didn't want to do it. The franchise was sacred. This was something, this is the line we do not cross. Right. There's people out there that will that will catch us slipping. And then at this point, I think what happened was like this this kind of created a stream of consciousness for Paul. And he unpacked and discovered while unpacking what 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 would make him interested in in the movie like what would make you interested to make a ghostbusters movie to to kind of challenge this sentiment okay and so his his intentions were clear okay and every single one of his intentions going into the movie was pretty much um everything you would want to hear right he was like hey wouldn't it be cool if you if like you saw more technology, Ghostbusters have handguns now. Yeah, and you saw like the te- the the origin of the technology, and these women were smart, you know. And back to the women thing. Well, I I kind of have a great working relationship with some of these women. What like let's recreate, let's try and recreate some of the chemistry in the original, just with four women. Uh, he's he's has a working relationship with two of the four women. In Ghostbusters 2016. Right. Is Paul related to Kevin? Um, I am not really sure, to be honest. Side note. Yeah. Yeah. That, that <laughs> we, would be... Maybe we could look, maybe we could figure that out. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. Google that. <laughs> yeah. Norm's going to Google that. All right. So. Okay. So, essentially. I keep saying essentially. I stopped that. So, when... When Paul got wind that they were making the movie, the movie was greenlit, he sends out a tweet, okay? And are, are you familiar with, with this tweet? I am not. Okay, so the tweet was... I have the tweet right here. It's official. I'm making a new Ghostbusters and writing it with... He gives the, the writer's name, Katie DePold, who's also collaborated with Paul. He goes, I'm making a new Ghostbusters movie and writing it with Katie. And yes, it will star hilarious women. That's who I'm going to call. 
So he sends that tweet out. Now, up until this point, Paul had an amazing relationship with Twitter. Twitter loved Paul. Okay? The people loved Paul. Paul loved the people back. Okay? They are not related, everybody. Okay. Great. Excellent. <laughs> there we go. Real-time research. Yeah. Okay. So Paul, at this point, understood the he understands the, the strength of social media. Right. Okay. He uh he puts out a tweet and in response the first day. Okay. The tweet was also October eighth, twenty fourteen. The movie has not yet been put not star shooting. Okay. Right. So two years before the movie gets released, he puts out this tweet. First day, guess what happens? The internet blows up. No. No, the opposite. Adulation, people love it. People congratulate him. People think it's an amazing idea. Ah. Guess what happens the second day? What? The internet blows up. <laughs> Off by a day, damn it. So, in 2014, two years before the release of the movie, we already have a social media savvy director misusing social media. So... It's interesting that the blowback was there. Right. The, okay. The cry for help was already there. Now, does this mean people are sexist, feminist, not open-minded, not progressive? Or is it just something that didn't fit? I think people just didn't want to see Ghostbusters without the Ghostbusters back. And for me, and I said it from the get-go, it had nothing to do with them being women. It died with Harold Ramis. This was before I saw the movie, but yeah. I didn't think it should have been touched after that. Yeah, and you and I were in agreement to that. So, 2016 happens. Okay, and I'm just going to, I'm flipping my sheet here back a page. So, they're hitting the publicity leading into July. Okay, and so, like, for example, like, you, you have the girls on, on Ellen, the girls were on Ellen, um, who, up until this movie, I had no idea who Catherine McKinnon was. Me neither. But, holy shit, is she hot? Mm -hmm. Right? Isn't she fucking hot? Oh, yeah. Dude. I, she makes this movie more than watchable okay. for me. <laughs> so, on Ellen, that girl is sexy as fuck. She's why I want to see The Office Party, that yeah. Christmas movie coming oh, yeah, out. Oh, yeah, I didn't know she was in that. Yeah, she plays like a secretary. Oh, geez. You got to watch Sign the trailer when we're done this. So, I, and I still cannot believe they downgraded her sex appeal in the movie. Okay? I think that was like a huge misstep. Okay. Huge. Okay? Not saying that women can't be portrayed otherwise, but uh, there is a fantasy you want to behold to yourself or unlock when you go see a movie like you you do want to live in a fantasy world i gotcha so things should be fanciful um so and also during this ellen appearance uh good little note leslie jones mm -hmm. was at one time a scientology telemarketer <laughs> okay <laughs> which i thought was interesting okay and during this, they just bashed Scientology. That was like the rest of the sit-down with Ellen. And they asked, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, who's the... Hemsworth. Uh, Wiggis. Wiggs. Uh, Catherine Wiggs. 
Oh, uh, Kristen Wiig? Kristen Wiggs. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, they asked Kristen Wiggs what she was doing before she became like an actress, and she said, I was a Scientology baseball coach, uh-huh. which was like a good little zinger. It shows how funny she is like on the spot. Okay. So we hit like a BBC interview with, yeah, Christian Wig, Melissa McCarthy. And so this, this interview kind of, they talked about the chemistry of everyone. The chemistry of the four was throughout all the publicity. Mm. That was one of their talking points. Um, seeing the movie, I definitely believe there was a chemistry. The chemistry in my view, like, like kind of lack of a better term, ghosted away mm-hmm. after a certain point. Okay, but we'll we'll dissect that a little bit later. Um, and then with this BBC interview, it goes into these progressive type ideas. They talk about um, like do like the interviewers fly out and ask like, do you feel you we have really moved on? Like, have we moved on? Uh, like, why can't people accept this idea? Have we really moved on? Because they're focusing on the four female thing. Right. So what the what the blowback for the movie was. Um, and then we have, you know, Wig saying, uh, have we really moved on? It's disheartening. It's weird. That was a lot of stuff they were putting out. Okay. So they already know that the, the social media world is hooked in on this movie. Right. And they're putting out kind of like statements that that tell the audience tell the people expecting this movie that they're kind of wrong that they're it's it's labeling them okay and and that's the one thing people do not want to be is labeled right okay and they so at this point paul figures start his own, own like pr blitz he goes off to people on twitter um we face forward a little bit and we have um the video game nerd the angry video game nerd do a video on why he doesn't want to see ghostbusters 2016. okay the angry video game nerd is a a gatekeeper for what we do he's the one that decides and puts he has a big enough audience that he he can control um he he doesn't do it through malice but he for example he just did a video on why star wars is great it's a 10 minute video and, and, and like why is it still around and it's a wonderful dissection of okay. this weird combination that george lucas cobbled together western samurai uh, samurai films to to produce star wars okay um he puts out this video that essentially just said like to him what he was seeing from the, the new ghostbusters was not ghostbusters like okay and he's very clear and eloquent in what he's saying. Mm-hmm. There's no malice behind it. Right. There's no misogyn like misogynistic tone. He just puts it out there. That now at this point, it becomes this progressive leftist magnified movie that is just blowing up. And now these everyone comes up through like the Twitter roots, and they attack you if you like criticize the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. You know, some people might want to call that a unintended consequence. I definitely feel it was. Um, but I do, at this point, though, if, if you track a lot of what they were saying, prior to the ang- Angry Video Game Nerds video, they were on a down- downward spiral. Right. And selling this movie to the public. Okay. 
um, there was a AOL interview in the, the the celebrity news. Okay, and you know, <laughs> it's and it's almost like that that interview too was just a little bit off because they were talking about the movie less and they were talking more about like why people don't want to see the movie. Okay, so that became a part of like the advertising is these women would do part of their press tour and they would be talking about why people don't want to go see the movie. Very odd. Like right. I can't think of anything that's even close to that. So if we hit this New York Times article, okay, which was pretty like it's a it was a pretty good article. Um it details everything. Okay. Uh you know, they, they asked Vegas like how did you revive to the cast? And he, he, he basically says like he hired these women as he met them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like no, like no intention. Okay. Um this is where people got confused. Okay, because people got confused that they, they thought the intention of the movie was this left wing progressive intention to cram like this idea of four women down your throat. Like four powerful women down mm-hmm. your throat. The men are portrayed as idiots, all these other things. Which is true. The men right. are portrayed as idiots in, in, in the movie. But was that the intention? No. That's what it became. Right. Okay. So uh, New York Times asked questions. Uh, does a movie with the ability to change people's minds uh, for the better? Does a movie have the ability to change people's minds forever? Like, that's what they're asking Paul Figgis. They they don't talk to Academy Award-winning directors like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't ask, you don't No one that. ever said, hey, Marty, what do yeah. you think Taxi Driver's going to do to the New York streets? Exactly. So so now he, he needs to explain this. Right. So we lose a conversation about the movie, okay, because Paul, from the very start, just wanted to be like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we know where the logo came from? Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we saw more of the technology? Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we got four people together with similar chemistry? Like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we saw more, like, of an explanation of this ghost world? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we saw bigger ghost set pieces? Right. Okay. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we brought back these similar things you love? Slimer. The, the original cameos member berries yeah <laughs> right okay um similar plot points wouldn't it be cool so if if someone tells you that if someone sits down and says we're going to remake gremlins right or we're going to remake back to the future or indiana jones and they tell you these things you're gonna be like you know okay like I wish someone would give you the money to make that movie because I think you got your like shit together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now what happens, right? What happens now? So know. what? What is? So we're kind of we are thirty five minutes into this. Okay. Where are you with this movie? I want to know. I want to know where you are. And you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to crack this open. Yeah. What? What is this right here? That's some high C ecto core. It is. Yeah. Been, in the can? Thank it you. is. Thank you. I've been interchanging it with my beer, sip for sip. It's really, it's so unique. I, lo- I do love this. I hate that it's going away at the end of the month. Stock up. I'm kind of happy because I've been using it as a mixer for forever. 
And everyone that comes here is sick of drinking it. I'm sick of drinking it. I'll take them. I might give you, I might give you, like, because I gotta move on to other things. It's, uh, it's, but, you know, it's such a unique thing. It's Mm. such a unique flavor. Uh, I don't want to say it's nostalgic. No, it is. Every time I crack that open, I go back to third grade. Every time (laughs) I take a sip, I'm sitting at that lunch table. Oh, and real quick, did you, do you have a bottle opener? Or do you twist? Uh... I do. I'll be right back, guys. Gotta oh, get my alcoholic grab, keys. Out I was gonna say, pocket. grab that skull magnet right there. You want the skull or certainly? No, grab, grab, grab this. Oh, yeah, grab, grab the skull. The skull. I usually have a bottle opener on every table that I live around, and we are just doing that. So this, uh, did you didn't get one of these, did you? What's that? Um, the the elf? No, I've been. I gotta drive after the this. The Feedley's Brew Works Root Elf Reserve, ten point five percent alcohol. Yeah, this is roughly two beers. Yeah, yeah. I can. I get stop after two with this one. It's actually. One. Did you want to try it? I have to give it a shot. It's really, it's really good for being that strong, isn't it? Yeah, that's not it's bad. very smooth. Ooh, that's not bad at yeah. all. Yeah, you get, like it's got like a gingerbread taste to it. Two of these will will. Get you going. Oh yeah, I used to drink old monkeys. They're like twelve point six. Yeah, that's or like the, three what, of those. The, I the, was the dogfish ninety. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was uh, dude. I was at this place called Sidecar a week ago, meeting up with this uh, chick that's involved. This really really cool startup in Philly. Just meeting up with her, talking shit. You know, we're kind of interested in one another, but you know, I showed up for brunch just to chit chat with her. And dude, I went through three of those ninety minutes. Uh, or nine mile an hour uh, mm-hmm. dogfish, dude. Like in a short amount of time, just because we were talking and shooting the shit and like kind of like eating. Holy man, dude, it hit me. It was like, <laughs> it was like and like yeah, like your your pupils dilate. You start seeing the future, mm-hmm. the past, present, future, like at the same time, dude. And I'm, and it's almost like I almost feel like I'm Charlie Day and like Always Sunny, where I'm just like talking real quick and I'm trying to be cool about hey it. Guys, I gotta get. Yeah. Where are we going? I got yeah. a raccoon in my trunk. Yeah, you know what? Did you see that episode where he gets him past the, the health inspection? Yes. Dude, that's oh my such God. A, You gotta do that. And you gotta be. Yeah. And you gotta. And get then, then they give him no credit at the end. <laughs> Dude, that episode, just the way it's shot, because actually the, the end of when he's doing everything, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's one sequence. It's I one think shot. so. Yeah, it is. Dude, and he keeps banging the stool. <laughs> and then D sits on the stool and he goes, that's how you're like. Like make a joke stool or something. Like that's how you make a joke stool because she cracks right. <laughs> okay, so tell me, tell me about Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. You, I guess I'm gonna set you up a little bit. I'm gonna say something real quick. You saw this. You said, "What the fuck? You have to watch it. It's not what you think it is." Right. That's essentially it. Pretty much. That's, so, that's what I said after my first viewing. You've had time to sit on it. Right. You kind of caught up a little bit on it today. Mm-hmm. You got up to the possession scene. Right. The Melissa McCart- McCarthy, McCartney um, possession scene. And so where are you now? I like it. I don't love it. Okay. But it, you, it's but, def- but, but you were kind of animated about I it. Was. I was. The first time I watched it, I had two females in the room with me. And I was the only male. 
So go. their laughter may have been contagious to me. There's still some great one-liners. No, I, that's I still really like the movie, but like I may have oversold it to you. Yeah. So overall, in my opinion, my professional <laughs> PhD. Esquire opinion. Oh yeah, in our pop culture degrees. I feel like the the movie had everything. It it they could not have put anything else in this movie. Right. But the movie still does not work. Parts work. Okay. That's that's that the second viewing is when I was like, "Eh, this holy ground. Where does uh, this this doesn't this covenant this covenant uh, Super Bowl trophy Vince Lombardi trophy Olympic gold medal chemistry that they were chasing right dissolves. Yeah, it does not work after a certain point. If you watch, because I have the Blu-ray. If you watch the gag reels. You can actually see it throughout. Yeah, like, there's, there's, there was in one of the uh, interviews I referenced. It might have been in, it might have been in the BBC interview. Okay, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it was the BBC that they were surprised that that he was that Figus was able to come out with a movie based on the way they were shooting, the way they were improving. Uh, I, it sounded like from their point of view that it was like a little bit chaotic. Right. It was a little bit of a mess that they, they weren't sure like what the story was sometimes. Okay. So if, if we if we go through the movie, I took notes. I, I have right here, I have five pages of notes. And I think I'm just going to make this like a, a downloadable PDF. Okay. Just so people can, you know, I might timestamp it too. Okay. Uh, you know, add a little bit more like to this because I'm really not done with it. Um, so I, I kind of like The Office is is one of those TV shows that I always put on Netflix. Okay. The Office is a show that very much resonates with me. I think it's hilarious. It cracks me up. I'm always quoting it even though it's a little, little bit old now. I really don't care. So the movie starts and Gabe, the guy doing the tour, is from the office. His name's okay. Gabe Lewis. Okay. Um, he also makes. Did, did, did you catch his comment about elephants in that? He 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 opens the one door and he goes. P.T. Barnum first had his idea to, to enslave, enslave elephants. elephants here. Yeah, I caught that the second what, time. What I was like, that? what the hell? Yeah. See now, see that is what pisses people off because it's it's like, don't take me to school. Like don't I'm watching a movie. Don't don't take me to school. Like I don't see. I didn't take it that way. I took it as he's just an off kilt. Yeah, he might not all be there. Maybe okay. That's how I took it. Yeah. So here's so comparing this opening to the original. Same idea, right? Right. And this one was like pumped up, four cracks, green news, special effects, special effects, special effects. Uh. Was it as effective as the original? I, I I viewed it as it was as effective. I would say. Because... Because in the original, the opening is Bill Murray in a room with yeah two people shocking them, right? right. Well, trying to hit on the hot girl and shocking the nerd. Well, yeah, and then, and then it goes to the... To the, the, library. To, to the library. Right. right. 
So, so maybe that's what I'm referencing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking about like maybe like the intro to like the good. So like the library to, we're to, talking to, versus to the supernatural. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I think they're both equally effective in just setting up just what's what's out there, like what's happening. Okay. Um, and then, so the original hits, they hit a song, right? They hit kind of like this upbeat like score remember like the 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 girl you know and it, and it, it fades oh yeah no it, no no that opens with the librarian that's right it does open with the library, the library and the cards start flying right, right. and then okay, she yeah. screams with the what yeah. right and, then, and right. then it goes to like the ghostbusters logo that kind of like kind of like swirls in there holy crap like it says so at this point the opening is similar to 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 the original the theme song. The, why don't they play this, the theme song longer in 2016? The theme song is number one, hardly in the movie, and number two, right? Uh, people, the the theme song is so great that they did the odd thing of adding the lyrics to the theme song through characters. Right. You know what would have been great, in all honesty. If they would have pulled a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Use right here, because where we're at in the movie, oh. where it's muted, they're about to beat up the Dragon Ghost over the crowd of people. If after they did that, it busted out Vanilla Ice style with them singing the song on stage. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Or, it's, or look, it's, it's almost like after the opening scene in this movie. Right. I was just uh, very disappointed that they have more of a theme and more of an introduction to the logo into like the movie into the, the the title you kind of want a little bit of a title fun title sequence right even if it was like kind of like michael bay armageddon style where it's a little bit of a montage of people doing different things well blending. they could showed them going through school like instead of telling the story later like yes show the two kids Show yeah. them in high school doing exactly. the presentation. Show them as adults. Yes. Show the fallout. Now show her in uh, college all, and her. All to the Ghostbusters music. Right. Right. 100%. You're 100. Okay. What they did was it felt rushed. And, and, and it didn't. Like they could even put you into the city. Right. The movie does not feel like it's New York at all. The, the movie could take place in any city. Right. The original Ghostbusters, both of them felt New York. It felt like it was New York. Like you and Central was, Park there, there was, was a was yeah, a big was, player. The, I mean you don't even get to see ladder eight, if you will, until no. the last scene of the movie. Okay. So the next scene we are introducing uh Christian Wig. Mm-hmm. So we start to foreshadow from this scene on. This, right. Okay. The foreshadowing is that there is this um uh it's it's weird to like ghosts. It's weird to think ghosts are, are real. Uh, you'll be ostracized. Okay? Right. She's a part of this. So they, 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 and they sell the shit out of it. The book, uh, like um, her being like paranoid by her tenor. Right. All of it. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a great plot to voice because it leads her to Melissa McCarthy. Right. Now, within this, we also have Ed Begley Jr. I wasn't expecting him. I love him. Okay. Oh, from uh, all those uh, like the Mighty Wind and Best in Show. Yeah, Ed Begley Jr. cracks me the hell up. Okay, every single time, I love him. Okay, now he also forwards 
this backlash that's coming. So here's the funny thing. So the movie itself had backlash over some of the, the decisions they made. Okay, I would you can say straight up creative decisions. Right. The inside the movie, there's backlash over what these people believe. Very similar. Like it's it really is art imitation life imitating art and so on. Okay. And we have another awesome this movie's full of people and I love. We have Charles Dean as um or Charles Dance as the Dean. Lannister. Okay. Right, okay. right, right, right. Okay. Lannister, the villain from mm-hmm. Lace Action Hero. Right. Charles Dance yep. is, yep. he's the man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, look into my eye. Okay. Like, <laughs> a Lannister always pays his debts. Yeah. Okay. So we're introduced to Melissa McCarthy. Um, another great cameo, another great comedian, uh, Karen Sony. He's he's Indian guy. He's been in a couple commercials. Great cameo by him. Okay. But again, the movie's just the movie is full of people. Oh yeah. Um, they established Mister Ozzy. Yes, we were just the Ozzy. Yeah, right here. Black Sabbath did it in seventy six. <laughs> we have Melissa McCarthy established as eccentric. We have Kate McKinnon also established as goofy. Which I want to go back to. How do you not think she's hot? I think her she, wackiness makes her hot. She, okay, so my my whole feeling about her is that she is a complete waste. She's a she's a no character in this. Really, she she doesn't. To me, she's the funniest. She has zero. I'm not saying she doesn't have these like moments, but if you if you watch her and you if you watch her in scenes, she adds nothing to to scenes. She, Except for being hot as shit. Yeah, but they they it's so it's so much downplayed. I I had to see her on the talk show to know she was attractive when, when she was done up. Yeah, well look, then you're not gonna like her in all of his Christmas party. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> okay, so she's got the '90s blowout. Yeah, so <laughs> and then we do something very nice in the initial introduction scene where you have the three of them. Right. Okay. Uh, there is good chemistry in this scene. And we also start to establish the science of Ghostbusters. Okay, they talk about the uh, photons and, and things like that. Okay, right. there, there was like so they're building towards something here. Okay, so so far like we're maybe twenty minutes into the movie, a lot of the groundwork has been laid, and it's it, it's been somewhat artfully laid, uh, purposefully laid. Um, so, <laughs> and then we go to. We see some of the prototypes, and then we, okay, we go to, there's a, they go on, they kind of go outside, um, there's Pringles, there's a Pringles product placement, I kind of kept track of some of the product placement, because it's Makes Pringles, sense. Pa- Papa John, Sabrat, hot dogs, okay, like really cool, pro- I love product placement, I don't know why people knock it, it's a part of movie making, especially big movies, go for it. Bunch of pop. <laughs> okay. So, and then they go, They we see the first ghost, right? They, right. Okay. The first ghost. So, up until this movie, everyone said that these were Scooby-Doo special effects, Scooby-Doo ghosts. That they were muddy and smoky. See, and, it almost takes me back to, like, the Haunted Mansion in Disney. Yeah. So, I had no problems with the, how the ghosts were stylized. No. Nah. I, I loved the Crypt Keeper face. On that first ghost, when yeah. she starts to yeah. vomit the goo, okay. 
I love that they brought back the ghost from Ghostbusters 2 in the subway, the the electric chair, like one of the brothers, if you will. Yes. Like they all work. Yeah. They all look good. I really yeah, I I'm, I'm That's why I, like even if I only watch this movie once a year, it's going to get thrown in the Halloween pile yeah, I because mean, those ghosts are just so gnarly looking. Yeah, and bad. during that scene there's a, a nice like purple glow highlighting mm-hmm. people their faces. Right. So it, we we jump forward a little bit. And Kristen Wiggs gets fired from her job. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's when we see. No, it's before that. Yeah, we, we see a little bust so, of Harold Ramis in the hallway. Yes, we do. Yes, which is a probably the best cameo I think. In, it was a nice little. It, it's on par with like Sean Connery's statue or Marcus Brody's in oh. uh, Indiana Jones Four. Mm-hmm. One of the only highlights of that movie. Yeah, which yeah. is sad. To, Two of yeah, the characters is, I, are dead to I make would, it a highlight. I, I would like to revisit that. I, I haven't not seen Crystal Skull since it's, the, mm-mm, the theater. Mm-mm, yeah, mm-mm, I figured. So, so we have. <laughs> there's some, no saving it. So we have something interesting. So the dean of the college, played by Char- Charles Dance, mm-hmm. is sitting down with the scene cuts to him watching a YouTube video. Right. Okay. Of wigs like ghosts are real, ghosts are real, and obviously it's on YouTube. Right. Okay. So. And he, he, they kind of make a comment of the comments. The comments on YouTube. This is something that's echoed throughout the entire movie. The movie has a huge emphasis also on so- social media. Irony, poetic justice, fate, destiny. That the very people who wrote and produced the movie about social media, like the social media influence of the like in this world had no idea how to push the movie on social media had zero understanding of what to do with social media in the real world when it came to promoting their multi million dollar hundred million dollar movie tentpole tentpole franchise pushed by Sony Pictures no one understood what to do on social media with Ghostbusters despite the movie having an emphasis on social media I think it's very ironic. So at this, uh, so here we have we have an introduction to Leslie Jones. Now a lot of people said Leslie Jones was the best one of the four. Where where are you with with her performance? I nine out of ten really not staying Kristen Wiig. I don't. There's maybe three movies I like her in. Mm. This being one of them. Okay. Paul being the other, because okay. how can you not like Paul? Mm-hmm. She can't kill that movie. Yeah, for Paul's me. just she's yeah. in the Martian, right? She's one of the ground control, or am I confusing that with Interstellar? Oh, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent. Well, either way, which either one of those she was in, I yeah. can stand her. Anything beyond that, I don't like Kristen Wiig, and I liked her in this. Yeah, I feel like she and Melissa McCarthy are not she. Leslie Jones and Melissa McCarthy were miscast in this. Yeah. I I like that. So I'm like, I'm on the opposite. You I, don't like. I, th- I, I don't like <laughs> Leslie Jones. I don't like McKinnon. I think. I don't like Jones either. That's I think, what I'm saying. I like, think it's, I think it's really tough to have people to bounce off of um, Wiggs and Melissa McCarthy. I really do. I think the, the two of them are the only two that kind of have pop or like a little bit of a flow 
within the movie, but so we're introduced to Leslie Jones's character, and what they do is they immediately set up her value to why, um, why she's a part of, of the team. Do, do you remember that? Right. She knows New York. She knows That's, New York, and now, she can get him a car. Yeah. Now at this point, yeah. Side the, note: I yes. think Quantum Asalis might be Sony's last actual hit money maker wise i'm trying to look into this right now because i know they've had a string of bad luck up until this spider-man reboot that's coming but i don't i don't really remember them knocking any out of the ballpark recently not not quantum they um you know the james bonds make a lot of money well skyfall and i forgot skyfall came the the list is like 300 plus movies skyfall and the which one the i'm missing one uh specter yeah, Spectre. Did that one make money though? They are, yeah, they they just yeah. James Bond will go Fair forever. Enough. Yeah, Fair enough. what what doesn't happen here, it will easily get made up overseas. Um, yeah, universally loved. Yeah, you know, and they get all the endorsements. So that that movie is just always positioned. Well, it's James Bond. He's been around for. He, he yeah, probably well, has why. the biggest movie franchise out of any movie franchises. Uh, out of uh, numbers, in general sequels, uh, it, like yeah. maybe Jake Ryan rivals him. But when you think about how many people play Jake Ryan, uh, yeah, or Jack no, Ryan. Well, or, I think when it comes to money, I'm pretty sure it's still right. It's got to be Harry Potter or Star Wars, money wise. I'm talking character yeah. and overall so, years. I'm of not sure. Making movies I'm not sure. Them. The second to James Bond might be Tarzan, who's had the most. Sequels. I could see that. Yeah, because Tar- 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 studios flip that all the time, right? Well, not just that. There was a time where like they just made Tarzan movies, like oh. it, like for Edgar Rice Burroughs. You nineteen thirties women in your jungle men. Something wrong with yeah. you. Uh, I, I Edgar Rice Burroughs how to use computers. Who also created John Carter Goes to Mars. John Carter Goes to Mars was ripped off. and you, Did you ever read any of those? The original? I, I, I believe it. I have all of them on my Kindle. Okay. I never. I wanted to track yeah. those down when the movie was coming and then yeah. the movie hit. And I was like, eh, maybe well, they're, they're, Which I know yeah. the movie and the literature are complete, but yeah. it just. But, but uh, John Carter is also a. The bar. books were really expensive when I looked them up. Too. Uh, I think you can get collected. Well. For, yeah, I was looking for yeah the, the, books. the um John Carter is was essentially the genesis of Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. So so for some reason people caught on with those they they never could catch on. John Carter also well from, did he ever had like like maybe they read. John Carter and made Buck Rogers. Well, and yeah, it's it's like it I was, feel like the was first incarnation zero. was the the Disney attempt with Gambit. They Taylor no, Kirsch. They they um I think it's Fletcher Studios that are famous for the the Superman cartoons. Okay, um they were the first ones I think to tackle John Carter, and they wanted to merge live action with animation. Uh, John John Carter was in like. A studio loop and uh, uh, like a development loop for decades. Okay, and it is one of those movies that the ideas, the 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 technology really had to catch up to right. to what what the ideas oh, were. Now that I'm thinking about it, I 
think he might be referenced in one of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, uh, yeah, but stories. But the other thing though too with John Carrier is that uh, once they got done that movie, uh, huge failure in marketing. Right. It's one of, one of the, the the all time marketing failures. Which is not a bad movie. It's a shame. Uh, it's it's a movie definitely could have held up. Definitely could have Although, got sequels. Part they, of me wonders if that would have taken off if Disney would have been interested in buying Star Wars. Well, no, it's you are always interested in buying. Well, Star yeah, Wars. but I mean, like, hey, that's... hey, hey, Disney had Guardians of the Galaxy. They still bought Star Wars. Fair enough. All right. Okay. Fair enough. You're always Fair enough. always interested in Star Wars, Fair uh, dude. The Star Wars fanatic with a room full of Star Wars toys that just has everything in Tupperware and you can barely open the door, still has room for Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> I do. I do. He's speaking about yeah. me. Okay. So uh so if if we go into the movie, so I just want to face forward here a little bit. So the movie has when they go in when they buy the Chinese, they rent the Chinese <laughs> place. Okay. They they move into the headquarters. Um <coughs> this is the first of a few very odd dance sequences. Right. Which ninety so, percent of the blooper and gag reel is Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig dancing, while the other two stare at them yeah. angrily for dancing. Yeah, so it's really weird <coughs> that uh, even at the end. Oh, the, here we are. Yeah, at even, the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, even um, it's really weird that even the villain at the end makes people dance. The none. This movie is full of dancing, and none of it works. All right any level it's actually awkward it's weird um and it, it just doesn't fit it kind of feels forced it feels like it's there because maybe that's all they had so now we go into thor thor gets introduced post dancing right okay and we have uh another maybe like origin we have a reference melissa mccarthy says uh, there is something strange in this scene. Okay, so throughout the movie, they they place the lyrics of the Ghostbusters theme song throughout the entire movie, which is, I guess, part of it, like a lyrical cameo. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that's ever been done before. Interesting. Uh, works, whatever. Like, I don't really care. Uh, should that have been your focus mm. when you have other things possibly not clicking? Sure. So where where are you with Thor? Where where are you with Hemsworth? He's got some good one liners. Okay. That's about it. <laughs> I think he was a complete waste. I I'm not sure what purpose he served. I just like the density of him. I just I, I don't really even see the value of that because it would be different if Wiggs ended up with him at the end. I mean, if there was some attraction because they were setting that up, mm-hmm. and towards the see, but they're not really. She's attracted to him. He's in his own little world. Mm-hmm. Like he loves himself. Yeah, That's, I love that. But the whole movie, she's pining for. Uh, so I've decided I'm yeah. going to do you guys a favor and join the Ghostbusters. Yeah, like no, you're not. She's grinding on him. Well, he just walks yeah, out of which, the room. Which is kind of just which is weird. Like none of that feels. Look, a lot of times you need. For humor to work, you need like a setup, right? And you need anticipation. He, he's random. That's the he pops and up, he of, says stuff, and just, then he's off screen. It's just weird, but they also make him a complete idiot. Now, Rick, like just 
Now, and I'm not saying it just has to be anything like the original. Right. Okay? But if you look at Rick Moranis, it's almost like don't go full retard. Like, Rick Moranis retarded in Ghostbusters. Not at all. But, no, you can't say that because he has a giant business. A giant business enough right. to, to fool it. Right. Like, fool his apartment full of clients. Mm-hmm. He's an accountant. Lives right. in a... He just can't remember to not log himself he's out just, of his Yeah, he's just like part... He's he's just a he's weirdo. A nerd. He's, he's yeah. He's just he's, a, just, he's a little he's a little bit retarded. He's antisocial, but not full retarded because his party yeah. is full of clients because he doesn't have friends to okay. invite. So, but it's a tax write off, so it's okay. The interview with Hemsworth also has the Mike Cat, Mike Hat, Michael Hat Cat joke. You got me there. I don't okay. I don't know. Where he goes? Can I bring my cat to work? Melissa McCarthy says. Uh, I'm allergic to cats. It goes, it's not a cat. And then, you know, uh, the other girl says, are you saying uh, my hat? And Hemsworth says, no, it's Michael Hat. Mike, I call him Mike Hat. That's the name of my cat. That's a joke in the movie. I didn't catch it. Yeah. There you go. It's... Horrible. Now, and we also have a setup for the origin of the Ghostbusters logo. Which, right. at this point, I was like, oh, okay, well, they actually set that up. Because they just established that they were communicating with him before, and he had logo ideas. That complete failure. Right. You don't get the origin of the logo. Until the subway. With until, the graffiti. Until, essentially, two scenes later. I shall return. Yes. Need anything? No, I'm good. We're, uh, are you going to be in earshot? Just I'll, uh, I'll continue. There. Yeah. Okay. Just reading up a little bit. Well, like I will just. Problem. I'll break down right. some of the, right. these other things. So, so at this point, they go. Actually, you know what? I'm going to stop this. The the original, right? One of the I guess maybe all time funniest scenes, funniest gags in the elevator. Right. When they power on the proton packs. And everybody cowers in the corner. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> going to do anything if it explodes. Yeah. Okay. That that scene is so there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that whole movie, the, the whole first one is subtlety. Yeah. The, every, from the line to, it, it's true, sir. So. This man has no dick. Yeah. So <laughs> Dickless over here, open our containment center. Yeah. Okay, so now we have something similar. We have a first-time use of proton packs. Right. In Ghostbusters 2016. Right. We have the the, the and, and soft we, phallus at we, first. Yeah, we kind of we, we have a dick. We, again, we have a dick joke. The uh, the fire hose after that. Yeah. Okay. Underzealous, overzealous. Yeah, and we don't have any sense of danger. We don't have any anticipation. We don't have any excitement there's no vested interest in the scene i'll give you that because okay. the train's barreling down and the whole time you, you don't you, even you don't care right okay so and and here's here's the other thing this is also the first action sequence within the movie okay completely falls flat falling flat is somewhat of a theme throughout the movie where these gags just don't get over repeatedly right uh and we also have another youtube reference in this movie and again they attack the user base of youtube 
So throughout the entire movie now, now, now they're establishing a thread of attacking social media users. So men have limp dicks. <laughs> men are idiots, Chris Hemsworth. Anyone that uses social media is a complete fucking moron. Okay? This is also carried over to their press junket and their press tour that I referenced earlier. Ghostbusters 2016 does not want social media to exist on any level, which is weird, very, very staggering. Since if they listen to social media uh, in October 2014, when Paul Figgis originally did that tweet I referenced earlier, he maybe would have known that his initial juicing of the orange, the thing that got him up to do this movie, was a bad instinct. He would have known. Okay. So. Plasma pack. Sequence complete failure. Um, we jump to the next scene. They're back at their apartment. Or back at the, the Chinese restaurant. Right. Papa John's pizza placement. I don't care. I love pizza. Um, and we get a little bit of the Christian. The, the, the wig story. Her character story. Right. Also good. Um, and then, like, the ghost, at this point, I kind of realized that the ghosts in this movie don't have any whimsy to them. There's no humor to the ghost. Now, in both Ghostbusters, they, they were sold the humor of the ghost. The ghosts were, like, even though scary looking, but they were still, fu- they were still like, they were still funny. Like, I remember one time there was, like, a zombie cab driver. Right. And it was just, and they, they always called him the crib keeper. Yeah. And the guy pulls around and the guy's like, no. And it's just so like, you just get it. Like, it's just, it's just funny. It just works. None of the ghosts, even the ones up until the end are funny in Ghostbusters. And which is weird because you can do anything with a ghost. Right. You, there's anything. There's so many things you can do to make it right. You could just, your imagination is the limit. So, and then we have a news broadcast origin of the Ghostbusters name. They 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 unlock that. They tell you where the, the name Ghostbusters come from. And then that is your Bill Murray cameo also. Your first right. one. Right. Right. Okay. And then they get a call. Chris Hemsworth again falls flat doing a phone gag. Um, origin. Another origin. Leslie Jones gives us the origin of the jumpsuits. We see where they come from. Uh, Kristen Wiggs leaves her boyfriend. Uh, and then we have... They hit the... They go on a little bit of a sequence here. And we get the theme song finally. Right. The Fall Out Boy theme song. And and where, where, where were you with, with the re-recording, the reimagining of the theme song? Uh, the first time I didn't like it. The second time when I was rewatching it, I wasn't really listening to it, and I was kind of like tapping yeah. to the beat because I was all over. Like yeah. I had just gotten home from work, uh-huh. so like I feel like the second time when I wasn't as scrutinizing of it, it wasn't as bad. Yeah. But then there were still lines that I did catch that I was like, "Uh, you're so on the nose with this shit." Yeah, it's uh, that's kind of exactly where I am. Right. It. it I like their tone, the lyrics. Of, I feel like they should have just re-sung the original Ghostbusters song. It would have been great. I feel like 
I want to hear it outside the movie. Because Fallout Boy, in in my opinion, is talented as a motherfucker. You don't get any more talented as a band as Fallout Boy. Uh, they're another like anomaly that they they kind of fallen off, lack of a better term, pun intended. There, uh, but they back to back two great albums. Right. Okay. Fall Fall Fallout Boy Two also had. The, the press behind them, they were, they were hyped to kind of be like a Foo Fighters level longevity type band. Uh, I think it was great that they, they did the movie. Um, good exposure for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not work in the movie, though. No. I just think it, uh, there was too many like riffs almost in, in, in their version. Right. Um, okay. So we got to talk about something here. The, the thing I was just, you know, the point I was just making about the ghost. The ghost not appearing to be funny. There, there was no, because um, even, even the original librarian ghost, when she, shh, it's like, you fucking, like, you fucking bitch. Like, yeah, like you bitch. Like, <laughs> give it up, you're dead. Yeah, like, we all know you're dead. Like, what are you doing? Okay. Just nonstop funny stuff. Okay. Uh, Slimer with the hot dogs in his mouth. Just like, like, okay. So we, we, we have a possessed mannequin, right? A man, a walking mannequin, which I feel like they got from MythBusters. <laughs> Let's what? bring Buster to life, guys, and we'll fuck him up. One, one of the first comics I ever owned was a issue of Detective Comics, where he fights mannequins, where Batman fights mannequins. Okay, mm-hmm. so and it's one of the creepiest. And it's all fiery. There's a fire throughout. It's like really weird. It's so creepy. Okay. It used to freak me out just looking at it. That and the cover of a firestorm drawn, drawn by Pat uh, Broderick, who I did. I you know, worked with him. I did his website. Uh, a wolf, like a werewolf firestorm cover. <laughs> and that he drew that fucking like dog face. So creepy. Those two books freaked me out as a kid. I don't even know why. So I got a little bit flashback with the mannequin on this. So I don't understand like why a ghost is possessing a mannequin. If they could possess mannequins, wouldn't they have unlimited power? Right. It doesn't fit. It's weird. The mannequin's creepy. None of the gags work in that scene either. Okay. And then here we go. We have a scene that they pushed in, in all the trailers. We have a scene that is a, a little bit of one of the pins that was intending to hold up the movie. And this is the demon concert scene that we already talked about. Right. Ending in Ozzy Osbourne, which was the best part of the scene. I, I'm confused with the scene. Because is the demon possessing Leslie Jones at one point? If the demon could possess a mannequin, why wouldn't it just fly into someone in? So there's so much potential in the scene based on the power and some of the properties we've already seen the ghosts perform that they have the rules in place for this to really be a scene. Right. Not sure what happens. They, 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 they just move through the crowd. You have a black lady joke. They, they 
make the reference, right? This is when they make the reference of Don't Cross the Streams. Right. They yeah. reveal that. Yep. Um, the overall scene, I thought, was not climactic. It didn't seem to build to, like, a crescendo. And But the scene had potential. The scene... The, the scene really could have made... I think that scene could have made the movie to that point. Okay? Um, so, and that scene ends. And the best gag in that scene, the best two gags in that scene, we've already saw in the trailers. Right. I don't know if it's a lady thing or a black girl thing, but I'm pissed. And the uh, selfie. Mm-hmm. Which, I thought the selfie was funny as shit. Oh, yeah. Okay? So, and then we have... The subway scene, the origin of the Ghostbusters logo. Right. Like, yeah. is is this the first movie to have the origin of a logo? Probably. Well, what other movies really have logos besides the X-Men? Uh, well, I was going to say other than a superhero, like someone designing a superhero costume. Right. Which is different. Like, cause the Ghostbusters had, they just had a logo. They were running a business. They were mm-hmm. trying to make, they were greedy. They were trying to make money. Right. Like, like you got to put something on the side. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do, do we have like a, um, like a George Lucas rock salt scenario here where like, don't explain to me where ice cream comes from. Ice cream comes from rocks. It's a, it's a patent Oswald at Oswald bit. Okay. Where he compares the, the Star Wars prequels to rock salt, where you love ice cream and you don't give a shit if it's made from rock salt. You just want to enjoy the ice cream. I feel you. That, and that's that's how he views episodes one, two, and three. Makes okay? sense. I think so. Right, some of that's here. Um, especially if you're committing a whole sequence to a graffiti artist spray painting a logo. So, and then post logo scene, we jumped. Uh, we jumped back to the headquarters, where the four women have successfully trapped their first ghost, the right. demon ghost. And what are they? You remember what they're doing? How this scene opens? Oh, they dancing. <sighs> they're dancing the DMX. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. The DMX. What song? It's DMX. I know it's DMX. Is it? I yes. thought it was like, it's getting hot here. No, that's, that's, no, that's like, I think that's Cisco. That's Cisco. They're dancing to DMX. I know DMX. Okay. You, you can, you can look it up. I'll yeah. give it to okay, you. Okay. Yeah. No, but anyway, okay. but, but, okay. And then. So we have two bad dance sequences now. And now we have Bill Murray's scene. Right. Who, if his, I think if his scenes were good, it definitely would have made the movie passable for most people. Okay, now, I will say that I don't feel this is a bad movie. Okay. Okay? I'm just interested in, in, in what's not working in the movie, where and why. Okay, and when movies get to a certain point where they don't kind of like turn the corner or come over that initial hill, mm-hmm. they they do not get back up the hill. Right. Okay. It's either you you gradually move up the hill, or you don't. And this movie kind of does that. It, it 
reaches a point and then it flatlines. So Bill Murray scene. Right. And death. Yes. Yeah. One of the first deaths in Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Right. Uh, I never got. I never thought his character. Like it seemed like he was playing a character, right? Mm-hmm. He never plays characters. He's always Bill Murray, even when he's Hunter S. Thompson. He's yes. Yeah. In what Bill Murray portrayed Hunter S. Thompson? In what? I uh, forget the name of the movie. Well, shit. Yeah, he portrayed Hunter S. And I want to say the Buffalo Buffalo House. Oh, I forget the name of that movie. <sighs> Okay. Yeah. You you can you can you know, we can we can look that up real quick. It's like back in the Edwood days. Yeah, let's see. Back to. Yeah, hold it up here. There you go, Hunter S. Uh, uh, uh. Hold up here. We are we're we are bringing it up. Okay. So and then we have another uh, cameo that I was not expecting, which is, oh, here we go, hold up here. I am, okay, where the Buffalo Room. Okay. Okay. Uh, 1980, semi-biographical comedy film, which loosely depicts author Hunter S. Thompson's rise to fame in the 1970s. Okay. Okay. So... Bill Murray is acting, I guess. No one wants to see this. People want to see Bill Murray, even if he's playing a different character other than uh, Peter Beckman. He dies. You don't feel a hair on your head stained up when he dies. Right. No shock. I didn't know he died the first time I watched it. Okay. I thought that the dragon flew him away. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. pick up. Again, I was drunk yeah. and I had two yeah. women. Well, I don't understand. Like, you can't have a sound effect. There, I don't think there was any sound effect that accompanied a body hitting the ground. Nope. And it's I'm just a- the window smashing and then it yeah. takes you down to the street where they're like, well, who threw him out the window? And then we have, we jump to the mayor, Andy Garcia, yep. who I love. Yes. I always like him. Yes. Okay. Uh, Wiggs is horrible in this scene. Um Mass hysteria. Yeah, it's it's a um I think I I think Wiggs no, I'm sorry, Wiggs is good. McKinnon is horrible in the scene. Okay. She's just horrible. Okay. It's another over over explaining. Okay. And the scene ends with a a car, another another they had multiple car gags in this movie. They all fail. Three gar- car gags. This is the second car gag where um, I think they're trying to. She's trying to walk in, and they're speeding up the car. Walking. No, that was the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like where Wiggs is walking up to the Ecto one, and they pull away while her, like I think her ex boyfriend's watching. Yeah. Really weird. Okay, and then we have a potential. We jump to a technology second training montage for technology. Okay. So <laughs> Slimers on everybody. Yeah. Head. Um, and then at this point, the, the second training montage is no different than Q just giving James Bond things with no explanation. Right. This so, pen explodes, right. James. Click it three times and run away. Yeah, so initially the movie was set up with these deep scientific principles and ideas and precepts on what's existing and what's happening with the supernatural. 
two two of the four main characters are established as technology scientists, inventors, mm-hmm. creators, innovators. We have a second technology training montage or sequence that at this point has zero explanation to what's happening with the weaponry. Right. And at this point, like you've you've set up the characters to, to give nuanced detail about what's happening. Doesn't happen. And then okay. So we we now jump to the the revelation scene of what's happening, which is we have a where was that at? Oh, it was at Fifth and Fifth and Broad. Where was that at? Nineteenth and Arch. Yeah, it was twenty seventh and sixth. And then and then we have a Oh, it's a, delay lines. Draw, it's delay lines. A drawing of the map scene. Mm-hmm. Which uh I'm just glad it didn't form a pentagram. Yeah, because they always well, form a yeah. pentagram. So here's here's the thing. She she hears the address and she's like, oh, and I'm thinking like, okay, it's going to be something, right? Mm-hmm. It's an X, right? How would you how would you visualize that? Mm-hmm. She she didn't even have all the addresses. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she's told the rest of the addresses. So at this. <laughs> <laughs> she knows three of them. Like, yeah, like what are we like doing here? And it just makes an X. So what was that even? That means nothing. And then we also have the MacGuffin, a magical. We're we're watching the horrible Stay Puff cameo here, right? I like that it was a parade balloon instead of actually being like they brought the Marshmallow Man back. Where were the balloons from? I don't know, just, man. I didn't write the damn thing. They, Ask Paul Feig. I don't they know. just appeared out of nowhere. These balloons. There's is, only one. No, there's a whole there's a whole uh, alley of them. I'm calling shenanigans. No, there's a whole alley of them. No, they, well, only one that matters. <laughs> there's only, there is one that matters. Um, but also keep in mind, in the original Ghostbusters, Stay Puff had a cameo prior to his appearance. While she was featured on Sigourney Weaver's groceries, and right? He was on the side of a building. I didn't know the building. I know she buys Stay Puff okay. marshmallows. You're telling me you can, in your infinite wisdom, you don't think that's a better cameo than what we just saw? I didn't say that the I'm just, original. We're not comparing. We're not. But we're talking about this one, and that was a nice cameo. I'm glad he wasn't made out of goddamn marshmallow. Well, here, here's here's a little bit of my contention with this movie. Because um, we're discussing it. We're not really bashing it. I, I felt like the callbacks and the cameos uh, were as effective as what they did with Star Wars Phantom Menace. And we kind of touched on this before, where when you see Jabba the Hutt, when you see the Tusken Raiders, when you see... Uh, I'm, I'm just forgetting some of them. Yeah, right. Is Boba Fett in Phantom Menace? I think. No. No. No, no wait. Of course. Um no, you got Tuscan Raiders. Oh, you no, got no, 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 even Boba Fett in the special edition of New Hope. There's no gravity to those cameos. And they mean nothing. Yeah. They never mean anything. Easter eggs mean something. Because people really like to dissect it. But when you have like a cameo that doesn't have groundwork to it, it, it just, it's like, it's horrible. Like, again... Uh, you, you can't have Jabba the Hutt do something more in episode one rather than be on screen. Like, you can have him do something. Yeah. Like, give me interest. Give me a reason. 
Okay. So, second training montage, map connecting scene. Okay. Um, <laughs> there is no... One of the things I was expecting in this that I did not get was there was no catching ghost montage. I thought there would be a, a catching of the ghosts of the weaker, littler ones montage. No, we get a slaughtering ghost ripping them to pieces montage. And we will talk about this. <laughs> let us let us wait, okay? <laughs> um, the I thought the um, the uh, where are you with the villain in this? Were you could you follow which one? Okay, the supernatural one that possessed I think Rudy the, the, the logo. Bellhop. Then the guy that becomes a logo, yes. Okay. It's a spirit that, like, are you, were you, like, so here's here's one thing. So, like, the movie happens and we get all of our main characters and they're going through all this stuff and they lose boyfriends and lose jobs and move in together. Right, right, right. And then we have villain. And then mm-hmm. stop, 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 a little bit of villain. Every time the villain reappeared, I forgot that he was even in the movie. Makes sense. Like, I, was, I wasn't really... Well, it doesn't help that they body hop him. He goes from the... I like his plan. He has a solid plan. I'm going to kill this body, but then I'll come back as a ghost, and I'm even stronger because then I could do all this shit, and they won't know. It all worked, his plot. Like, well, yeah, and he even makes Chris Hemsworth smart for everyone who's hating. Okay, so, okay, so we also have, they, um, they have a confrontation with the villain. Right. Where they actually have a gag that works. One of the first gags that works in the movie, I think. The the pester gag. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I'm going to pester them into the ground. Yeah, I'm going to pester them. I'm going to pester into, their arms off and yeah. they're going to bleed everywhere. And she's like, I think we have a different definition of pester. Okay. Like, <laughs> You're thinking of apocalypse. Yeah. Okay. So, and then we, okay. So, we're pretty late in the movie. Now we have the government stepping into the storyline. Right. Okay. Which is where people, well, some people think there's potentially that Bankman actually died when he hit the ground there because that was Bankman. Mm. And not uh, doctor, whatever. Okay. So the government's opposition and scheme in this movie just seems to be a unnecessary obstacle. Well, that one, the, 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 the girl. No, not oh. the girl. The the redhead who uh, watched. Oh, okay. His whole drawn out three minute bit in the street between the two cars trying yeah. to be the oh, tough that guy. Was, oh, I'm sorry. That was that was the second car gag I was referencing. Okay. Yes. That like that was just so yeah. like come weird on. and awkward. Yeah. And you're just I'm watching you. Yeah. And, oh, I'm gonna sit on your lap, but I'm not. I gotta go to this car. I'm rolling the window down, and yeah, you're on. Stop resisting. I'm so, not resisting. Yeah. Like come on. That, yeah. But that's that guy's character in every movie. It though. is, but He's but that, it just like, doesn't. But it's it, you know what it is. Like? It's it's another guy, and you know what it is. This, it's a little bit of like onomatopoeia or they they try and use like the three rule which is the third time you see something it's funny right. like you expect it or you understand it um i i like that they 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 did that in this they actually um uh the the slime gag the girl always stepping in the slime um uh, mm-hmm. wigs always stepping in slime multiple car gags right dancing right okay they they really you know and I guess the final car gag would be Slimer, like Slimer mm-hmm. stealing the car at the end. Okay, so they 
those are tried and true comedic mo- they do sometimes in action movies when there's like a new weapon introduced the third time the the guy uses the weapon like blade with the glaive or whatever you know, well the, i'm pretty the, sure han used chewie's Exactly. Bellicaster twice in The Force Awakens right. before he says, I really like exactly. this. Exactly, exactly, okay? so Let me see that thing. Yeah. It's uh, the first one. Yeah, okay, and th- th- this is, it's a tried and true technique because, look, your your intention is to, is to escape, is to make people escape for two hours. Right. Okay, so here here's the thing. So the government is just weird in this. I don't like that they're, that they're, undermining the ghostbusters because the ghostbusters should be a celebration of new york city well the last ghostbusters got turned inside out and they're not alive anymore right yeah that's referenced it happened yes okay. we heard it and then and then, from the government and then we have uh between us we we have another social media they knocked to social media again which now at this point should be um the third or fourth time that they've knocked social media um when I was watching this, so at <laughs> we're here to where I was just kind of like, oh, I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, well, when does the extended cut end? Because I was like, wow. And I was like, and, and, and two I, hours, 16 minutes. Yeah, I still had movie left. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, what, like, what are we doing here? Um, and then we have um, like the movie feels like it's ending at this point because the villain is vanquished. We kind of know he's still there. Uh, the the guy interviewing them on the iPhone, mm-hmm. they 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 punch him out, call him an idiot. You live in your mom's basement. This is this is now also like the type of person that tore your movie down mm-hmm. and made it a complete failure. Right. By the way, ironic prophecy, self fulfilling prophecy. I I believe it was a self fulfilling prophecy with this. Okay. And then we have Wig's uh, wonderful plot device where she's like, oh, the villain read my book. Let me sit down in my bed and flip through my book that the villain owned. And the villain literally drew his plan in the book. Pictures. There we yes. go. Okay. Um, and now at this point, the movie doesn't build an end. Like... I always feel like this is a little bit of like remember how I felt with Suicide Squad where mm-hmm. um, when they rescued uh, Waller, right? That it felt that felt satisfying. Mm-hmm. If that was your journey, I would have been like, oh my god, they did such a good job with this. And then they fought the Enchantress, right? And then you're like, WTF? Okay, this movie very similar. Believe it or not, if um, if the movie ended on this note, I probably would have been like. Oh, okay. Like they, they, it's a good foundation. Okay. Okay. Like, uh, uh, everyone has their view on who's funny in this. Right. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's the way comedy works. Right. Success. And the movie, at this point, the movie continues. And so I guess we have one more page here. Okay. So my final page here is. Where this movie completely flies off the rails. Let's pause it there. Okay. We're going to pause it real quick. Right now. And Norm is dancing. Uh, this is why we got to be on video. 
Oh, yeah, you guys would have loved that. The old Hamilton P dance. It yes. goes back four generations from uh, Ireland. Okay. Uh, we're we're, we're, we're going to get serious here. Okay. Real quick. Let's do it. The possession scene. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're post-climax now, rebuilding to the re-entry of the villain. Right. Possession scene. The fuck? I don't know what what the intention of this movie was other than, or of this scene was, other than you could have just had the demon possess Hemsworth right, and move on. I think somebody bet Paul Feig that he couldn't get every Exorcist reference into one scene, so he did it. Yeah. That <laughs> we have uh, we have pea soup green coming out of orifices that it shouldn't be. Got the we have a head spinning. The head spinning. We have violent attacks. Yeah. Now I'm probably going to sound like a complete a hole. Won't be the first time in uh, my life that I'm sounding like an a hole. Yeah, but it's every day when the girls dangling out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, McKinnon, the hot one. And Leslie Jones is holding her by one arm. Right. What are we doing? In no way, no way did that even feel real. In no While she's fighting her off with the other arm. It would never happen. Right. Sounds then and the reason why I'm getting is that because these are women. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whatever. Scene completely useless. Um, okay. And then Kevin gets possessed. Right. Thor gets possessed. And then we, we're just going to face forward a little bit. We're going to do the summoning of the ghost. The villain comes back, does his job, mm-hmm. opens up the portal. Right. And guess what? I think maybe it's like one of your first successful ghost-driven sequences in this movie. Uh, it's all special effects, so like there's uh, uh, not downplaying anything, but it's, it's it's easier to nail something like this. Um, the rat ghosts, the rats coming out of the subway, I thought right. were funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some of the, all the ghosts are funny. Success. Opening of the portal, success. We have success number two. The Dane Aykroyd sequence. Right. His cameo. Which... Also adds a little bit of credence to that either alternate reality or Correct. this isn't the first time that this has happened and we've swept it under the rug type deal. Right. Because he just happens to know what a class five vaporization exactly. up on 4th yeah. Street looks like. Uh-huh. And I'm not going that way, sweetheart. I'm going to Chinatown. Exactly. If you're going to Chinatown, you can hop in. Yeah. So, and then we have back, we have back-to-back cameos. Right. Dana Aykroyd. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I really I really do think that was great. Then we have the mascot. The one character that had action figures and products because the other guys would never sign off on their likenesses after a certain point. Mm-hmm. Slimer. Right. Who really was a franchise at one point. The, the cartoon. Yep. Which got, I own all the DVDs for. Got retitled mm-hmm. as Slimer. Yep. Slimer and the Ghostbusters. Okay. What the hell? I liked it. You. 
I I just thought that was a good. good they find him in the food cart again. All right, you're thrown back to the original. Yeah. The Slimer wife, I'll give you, it's totally out of place. But Slimer coming in and saving the day in the Ecto-1, like, come on. I just felt like that. It just totally felt forced. To <sighs> it felt, it, look, I hate to say it, it felt like Batman vs. Superman. just felt like emails being opened with superhero Hey, logos. that's fine. That's and, fine. You know, Batman vs. Superman's flawed. Don't you dare try and talk trash to me with Batman Robin. Damn it! That movie is a classic, <laughs> no. and I'll defend it oh, until no, I'm dead. No, I'm not. I'm a. I'm a huge Batman and Robin supporter. Uh, you know, I call myself Nightwing. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because I know you like the the sixties. Not even show. that. I was I was so young when that came yeah. out that Batman and Robin was bright. It was colorful. Yeah. The villain. Well, I just I just it just I just always felt. And that, I do have the soft spot for that can't be just. Yeah, but I just I always felt like if you updated the the TV show, and if the TV that's show what it would be, that, yeah that's what well it that's would be. Joel Schumacher since then has said like yeah. this is my ode to or my yeah. love well, letter to well, here, which I can get behind. Well, here, here here's the thing. He he stepped in. Ape to Burden. Burden. Right. Burden. No, I watched like, the like 20 hour documentary okay. that came up. Oh, like, I haven't seen any of that. Really? Yet. No. But but all the two discs come no. with it. And it goes from oh, like, I, I was really into three. I worked hard yeah. on three. All this, that, and the third. And then when you get to the fourth one and you put that second disc in with the journey, he's just like, the studio twisted my arm. They forced me into it. I swear to God, I'm sorry. I put nipples on the bat suit. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I lost my mind. I They twisted my arm into it, and there was yeah, nothing I, I could do. Well, I think, sure, like maybe, maybe. Like, it that was, was both of them. But, but, but at the same point, though, there's still so much. Right. And I'm like, how much? Like, I understand if they're like, they twist your arm and they're like, we need another villain. And they're like, no, I have my story set. Look at these storyboards. It's set. We want Bane. McDonald's wants another cup. <laughs> we have five cups. We need six. It's going to be a month and two week long promotion. I have my villain set. Look, asshole. <laughs> okay? Do it. Fine. But holy, holy crap does Batman and Robin have a lot that was intentionally... Childlike, and guess what? I they don't... play hockey with a priceless diamond. Yeah, the, they're slapping it around on ice. There's also a uh, a Batman credit Stay card. Stay cool, yeah. Batman. So, so, so what was like? So was the studio like? Hey Joel, hey Joel. You know, uh, wouldn't it be cool? If Batman had a credit card. <laughs> With an unlimited balance. Yeah, and then like Joel's like, no. And just like, we have a deal with Visa. <laughs> no, uh, but there. Visa's <laughs> paying you, Joel. Yeah, but there's no deal. Fine. But there's no deal with Visa. <laughs> right? Like, that wasn't part of the. the Never pro- leave the cave without it. Yeah, I just. It's just kind of like that. I would. That movie would, would resonate now if. I think Showmacher owned up to it. Because you know what it is? Everyone owned up to uh, Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been, like, a long history now of people owning up to that movie. That movie right now has a huge resurgence. Oh, yeah. Like, it's... it's be- I bought it at Walmart. It's, it was five bucks. It's just, I love that movie. It's gro- that movie. I always have. That movie's growing, mm-hmm. okay? Batman and Robin, like, needs people. But everyone's, like... every Everyone's finger-pointing still. 
And it's just it's just weird because uh, Batman Forever was lighter, but right. it was also dark. Right. And it was I think at that point it had the highest opening weekend ever. I think it was I think it was seventy five million. Uh, you know, back when Fridays were Fridays, right? Not Thursdays. Okay. Mm-hmm. And. They were like, hey, like, wow, we got, like, another superstar to make this franchise. Like, what do you want to do? And, like, you made it lighter, and it was great lighter. So can you do more of that and just take that further? Yeah. I, I really I really think that's how it went. Down. Oh, yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so can we speed along here? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I have work in the AM. Yeah, okay. Same here. Okay. So Slimer, we're splitting that cameo. Right. We have a shot of a turned-over New York City street. Mm-hmm. We have another product placement, Sobrat Hot Dogs. Right. Okay. So, so far this movie, three of its product placements are three of my favorite foods. foods. Krangles, Papa John's Pizza, and Sobrat Hot Dogs. What does Leslie Jones say her not half as dumb as Hemsworth's cousin will work for? What kind of sausages? Because she says he'll uh, work for Deets and Watson oh, or Jimmy Dean. yeah. I forget. Or... She does. Yeah. We just watched it, dude. Don't He'll work for whatever sausage. Yeah. Like, I might have been a style of sausage. May not worst or Yeah, I'm know. not sure. I might have been a style. Maybe. Yeah. Well well Either way, her yeah. cousin will work for sausage. You call him if you need anything done. Yeah. He so, does good work. So at this scene with the um with these turned over hot dog carts. Right. With the with the uh umbrellas in, in full view. Um that's when I realized that well, I was like I was like, mother effer, like they the movie doesn't feel like New York. And the Sabrat hot dog, like, plug, mm-hmm. if you go to New York, that's all you see. Okay. It's very, like, you're almost like, oh, was that intended? Did they pay for that? It doesn't matter. It's accurate. It's, it's New York. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized, I was like, this movie does not even feel like New York at all. Okay? So, and then we have, after this, guess what we have? What do we got? Ghost balloons, WTF. Yeah. Question mark, question mark. That's what I wrote down. Ghost balloons, <laughs> dot, 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 WTF, question mark, question mark, question mark. There's a whole street of them. We have Stay Puft Cameo. We right. discussed that. Um, again, th- this is exactly what I wrote down. Cameos have little relevance similar to Phantom Menace. Okay. Um, there's a little bit more with the four. Um, I still think two of the four have chemistry. I don't think the four of them do. Um, and then Hems- here we go. Hemsworth dot WTF dot 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 another weird as fuck dance sequence. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then we move into the best sequence of the whole movie. The Times Square sequence. Right. Okay, where you actually see them kicking ass, right? Right. Now they're they're tearing it up. And mm-hmm. the grenades, the shotgun, um, McKinnon's, uh sequence is great with the um, with the retractable pistols. Mm-hmm. Awesome sequence, dude. Awesome sequence. Too late. But it was all the actions it, in the last. It's, it's great though. It's mm-hmm. such a great okay. And then we have um they go they go into the building. Um here we go, another slime gag. Uh 
I always feel like I'm the one walking in slime. Right. That's what uh, Wake says. Uh, you, we have Kevin from The Office now making the second Office cameo of the movie. Okay. okay. Uh, and then another movie first. The first time a logo comes to life. Mm-hmm. That's true. Wait. I don't know. Kevin. Simpsons did it. Oh, just I, I, I just I still have never seen that. How, tell me how the Simpsons did it. Well, one of their tree houses are like Lard Lag comes to life. Pretty much all the advertising comes to life. It tries to kill humanity mm. until humanity just ignores no, them and they go well, away. Like, you, like you, you can kind of argue that like in Shrek Two. No, nah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but I'm just saying like uh, the, I'm trying to like think. the printed. Like the, I feel like it has happened. It's just very rare. It's just rare. weird, yeah. It's rare. It's so... We're it's talking like Page Master, Macaulay yeah, and, Culkin, and, 1987, yeah. fucking rare. Yeah. And, and it's all. It's also, it becomes like the villain to beat. It comes the big boss. Mm-hmm. The freaking logo. Yep. And and they set it up. Dude, like, I he's want, in every cartoon for the real Ghostbusters yeah. commercial segments. Okay. I love this guy. Now so, he's a dick. Okay. And then the, um, I thought the, the ghost coming out of the building, growing through the building. Right. The, the logo was fantastic. Really cool sequence. Um, they set up across the streams, portal, portal, Slimer. Um, I thought Wiggs jumping into the portal was awesome. Mm-hmm. Really, like I, that's what I mean. Like this movie ended on so many awesome high notes and visuals and things you never saw before, things you never imagined. Mm-hmm. It, it the movie right? is just way too sporadic, and then it's all over the place. You get five minutes you love, you get ten minutes you hate, you get fifteen minutes that are entertaining, you get five minutes that are boring. Yet, like yeah. it's just too all over the spectrum. Which I realized this watch and like there were parts that I was like, I loved this the last time and now it's not resonating. Yeah. And then there were parts I was like, I didn't even catch this and that's fucking great. Like yeah. Harold Ramis. Yeah. Like. Um, and then they, they pull the the two remaining girls, McKenna and Leslie Jones pulls Melissa McCartney and Wiggs through a power line or through a rope. Right. Through the portal. Poltergeist style. Poltergeist style. That's mm-hmm. exactly... I wrote, wrote down dash poltergeist. <laughs> okay. And also white hair. Right. Reference to poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was actually a decent gag. Uh, later, they set up the the president color. Right. The which I pre- totally forgot about yeah, watching I, it here. I, I was like, was... why is she redhead now? Mm-hmm. And then just now I saw... I was like, oh, yeah. I thought that goes. was funny. And, and McCarthy's mm-hmm. like, oh, mine had a, a guy like this. And... Or a girl like this, like called Secrets, and she's on your canoe. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's mine was Garfield. Yeah, Gar- the president, the, not the cat. <laughs> and I, I, so at that point, the movie, I almost feel like, really should have been ninety minutes. I feel like they they had enough there to cut that movie down. Right. Um, the extended cut is maybe forty five minutes to fifty minutes too long. I have not watched the theatrical yet, so that will be the next outing. Yeah, you think that could for me. You think it being leaner would, would help? Maybe, it? but then I feel like like I guarantee you her queef joke isn't in there. Yeah, I just I, I there's 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 a side of me that that really believes content is content. Right. And 
a good movie that has like like you know, like Gladiator mm-hmm. has like an extended cut. And you're like, okay, what's the difference? It's, it's a good movie either way. Okay? Right. Even Aliens, like mm-hmm. good either way, great movie. Right. The best either way, good movie. I'll take more footage if you got it. I'll take what yeah. you got without it. Um, Suicide Squad, I think better extended. Um, okay. It good just, to know. Yeah, it just made, but the movie it didn't change how I felt about the movie. Right. Kind of changed only one scene. Okay, but at the same time, it's it's still just still the same movie, right? Um, because yeah, like these people still, like they're still on budget, they mm-hmm. still have a time frame, so like they only make so much, and they they still make and put together scenes marching towards a goal, which is like the blueprint of the screenplay, right? So it, I do I I don't really think I'm I'm a little bit curious about the the regular version, but at the same time, I'm still kind of like. Uh, I, I, I kind of feel like I have my fill because this is, I, it was a struggle to get through the movie. Okay. And at the same time, it's not, I think if there was more of a, like appreciation into the material, mm-hmm. it kind of carries over, but in, in no way is this better than like three of the four Transformer movies. It's it's not any better than the two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. I'm trying to find things to compare it to. It's like it's not better than Independence Day Resurgence. Couldn't tell you. Okay, yeah, but this is kind of, you know, it's because you go into it. It's an to. entertaining movie that has its flaws. Yeah, and and it doesn't work as a comedy. It doesn't work as an action movie. It's not quite a horror. It's a it's, little bit of everything. It's yeah. just not enough of something. And and I really think that's a little bit of like the 80s Ghostbusters, maybe like a little bit of the 80s like RoboCop effect. Right. Where um, like RoboCop is a weird effing mix. Uh, Gremlins is a, is, is a weird mix. But, oh, yeah. You know, definitely. But either way, I mean, I think, I think we're going to we're gonna sign off. Sounds good. Do you have any any feedback, any parting words, any, any last things you want to say about Ghostbusters 2016? Uh, Slimer lives forever. I don't care what that other dimension is. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's a ghost. Why not? Well, would you would you be opposed to being getting excited for a Slimer-driven movie? Well... Nah, nah, I feel like I'd check it out. I, I, if they I, announced it, if they told me he was the main antagonist of the animated one that's in yeah. the works, I'd be behind it. Why not put a proton pack on him? Yeah. Werewolves hunt werewolves. That's true. <laughs> Why not? Uh, uh, what is there anything? Is there anything you would want to see that would get you involved with a sequel? You know, what would be really cool? Like, like tell, tell, tell me what would. Juice Norm's orange. What would juice the orange? Definitely, definitely building a universe out of it. Still just building around what they have so far. All right, you did this. It wasn't a home run. It wasn't a grand slam. You you still got on first base with it. Let's just say. So now let's fill the stadium up. But things that would be cool. I mean, maybe the next movie's four guys. And then the movie after that is The Guys Meet the Girls. And it's East Coast New York meets West Coast LA. And it's a nationwide thing instead of just in New York. It's kind of, it's, it, you know what that sounds like? 
Fast and Furious. I can see that. Because, yeah, they, they did one and two. Mm-hmm. And basically one was Vin Diesel's, like, story. And then Paul Walker. And Paul Walker. So each one had, like, their own solo movie. Mm-hmm. And then the opposite direction, Tokyo Drift, seven rolls or, or six rolls around, mm-hmm. right? Tokyo Drift takes place between six and seven. They wrap it all together. Right. Genius. Mm-hmm. Genius, genius, genius. Mm-hmm. Maybe the four guys... Are the ones that could turn the fuck inside out when they're talking about it in the government yeah. room with so, the mayor. So here's <laughs> like here here's, I wouldn't mind seeing Jonah Hill get turned inside out. Yeah, here here's what I would do. Okay. I would just put this movie because you know what? People have their opinions about them. I feel like this guy, this talent, mm-hmm. has a a community around him in Hollywood that helps him make movies. Right. He, his latest movie, um, has been grossly, um, uh, under fire for not paying its animators. Okay. Where the entire budget of the movie possibly went to the voice actors and the animators got nothing. It's an animated movie. Sausage party. Hmm. Let Seth Rogen and his friends come in with these girls mm-hmm. and just just do something. Right. Okay. Uh, get James Franco in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just get these guys in the movie. They always are in each other's. Like, you know, just make it happen. Yep. Um, Paul I, Rudd, James Franco, Seth Rogen, Jay Burchell. Yeah. There's I, your male Ghostbusters. I think... And I also feel like it. They do need Tanning Tatum, possibly The Rock. You Zach, make Channing Tatum their secretary. Zach, I want four guys Zach, with a buff secretary. Just, just have they need something like that in the movie, right? Okay, like not even like break the format. Like literally break the format. No, no firehouse. No, uh, a different Ecto one. Make the Ecto one a monster truck. I don't really care. Break the four. You, they mm-hmm. have, if they do another one, they literally have. Well, to- that's one of the things I liked about this until the end when they started to make it kind of go full circle. Yeah, was they weren't trying to remake Ghostbusters. So they took the idea of Ghostbusters and they were making their own yeah. movie. And that's that's which I things, appreciate. That's one of the things they said from the very start. And then they threw in the old guys like, "Hey, this yeah. will be a, not so, an Easter egg, if you will." So but what was, then, what was the, I didn't see this. What was the, the final credit sequence here? It, it, did you see that? Uh, I saw some of it. It's, we saw Hemsworth dancing. No, it's no, no. It, there's a post credit sequence to this. Is there? It just rained while we were talking. Yeah. Well, my back's to the TV. Okay. So I, well, how about this? Let's let's sign it off. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about that sequence next episode. Sounds good. Okay. All right. We are done here.